Matchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Hungry for More. I'm your host, Al Smith, the Pipe Padre, and uh, today we're going to be talking about how to be a Catholic gentleman. So uh, I think we're all in need of uh, a little bit of schooling, a little bit of finishing school, I like to call it. And so I'm going to have a great guest today, Sam Guzman from the Catholic Gentleman, who will uh, help us and uh, provide us with all the things we need to become uh, Catholic gentlemen ourselves and for uh, the ladies that are watching um, you'll be able to give a few tips to the men in your lives to help them with that so uh, we're going to begin with prayer as we always do and I uh, truly enjoy uh, St. Teresa of Avila her writings and uh, her many inspirational works that she shared uh, and of course they're with us today but we'll begin with her prayer to uh, asking for the, um, what I like to say, the intercession of St. Teresa, but also her guidance. So I'll ask my producer, Kent, to bring that up on the screen. And so we'll pray together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Nothing is wanting to him who possesses God. God alone suffices. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love that prayer from St. Teresa. And uh, we need to uh, put that into our heads every day. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. So I want to bring on to the set uh, today, uh, again, Sam Guzman. Uh, he is an author, a blogger. He's the creator of The Catholic Gentleman. And uh, we're going to talk about lots of issues today. Uh, the book he wrote many years ago and the ministries he's involved with. Uh, he's appearing at many digital conferences. And so I want to welcome to the show, Sam Guzman. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Alan. It's been a pleasure to oh, be with you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, for people who don't know you, um, again, they kind of say, Sam, what's the Catholic gentleman? Why? I know it's a podcast and a ministry. Tell us in uh, a few words what was on your heart to even start this apostolic work, the Catholic gentleman. Yes, absolutely. Well, I, it started really in college, kind of my own search for what being a man meant and uh you know kind of separating from home a little bit uh what now you know how do i cross that threshold from boyhood to manhood and as i looked around i didn't really find a whole lot of clear uh guideposts standards uh cultural norms pretty much anything that used to be a cultural norm for manhood had been uh, bulldozed um so what does it mean to be a man it was a question that uh, really plagued me for a while. Um, and then I came across a website um, in college called The Art of Manliness that was really uh, helpful to me at the time. Uh, it was really all about, uh, you know, kind of recovering some of these vintage masculine traditions. And one of the posts, first posts I read uh, was like, how to shave like your grandpa, you know? Okay, so so it was kind of, kind of neat, you know, kind of vintage -y. Um, and that kind of drew me into, um, well, maybe we should look backwards to find out what a man, what it means to be a man. Maybe we can learn some lessons from our forefathers. What a novel idea. Um, so I was really kind of drawn into this traditional manhood movement. 
But along the way, I discovered the Catholic faith, and that's a whole nother journey. Um, and I converted to Catholicism, and I immediately started looking around. And at that time, uh, thanks be to God, this has dramatically changed in the last eight years. But at that time, there was not a whole lot of resources for Catholic men. Um, just looked around. I'm I, coming from the evangelical world with lots of big ministries uh, for men. I thought, well, surely the Catholic Church, the global Catholic Church, has got a lot of stuff for men, too. Started looking around, and there really wasn't a whole lot. Um, now, my wife instantly found a lot of resources for women, uh, books and um, apostolates and things like that. Uh, but I you know, looked around and could hardly find anything. There were some ministries, but they hadn't really been updated recently and they're kind of uh, defunct now. And, and so I was really kind of discouraged by that. Likewise, the parish that we converted through, um, there were no men involved in any ministry other, you know, in, in the parish other than the priest, of course. Um, and pretty much everything was run by women. And I just kept remembering asking myself where are the men so it started kind of with that problem where are the men especially the catholic men uh, but also culturally where are the fathers where are uh, the men who are embracing their masculinity um, and and so th that plagued me for a while but it was during my uh, prayer process i was doing the i did a 33-day consecration to blessed virgin mary um, saint louis de montfort and later I discovered St. Maximilian Kolbe. So I was uh, doing, he was, found a nine-day nine preparation for consecration. So I thought, well, can't be too consecrated to Mary, so I'll do this one too. <laughs> and so I started doing the nine-day consecration uh, to the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, as outlined by St. Maximilian. And um, it was about halfway through that process. It's a very missionary-focused process. Put me to use for the kingdom of God. Uh, use me for the coming of the kingdom of Jesus is kind of the theme that runs throughout this consecration. And in the middle of that, I had a clear vision for a website for Catholic men called the Catholic gentleman. And I could even see the logo in my head and everything. And so after I finished praying, I got kind of ran over to a computer and uh, reserved the, the domain and put, put up the website, uh, put together some clip art, uh, for the logo, which has since been professionally done, but originally it was just clip art I found on Google. Um, and at that time, uh, that's how it started. I had no plan. I had no uh, aims for it, really, other than just I wanted to write about Catholic men. And the motto that came to mind was be a man, be a saint. And I was like, you know, art of manliness is great. Uh, learning how to smoke a pipe or shave like your grandpa or Teddy Roosevelt. These are all wonderful things, um, but as Catholics, we're called to more. We're called to be men, yes. We're called to natural virtue, yes, but we're also called to supernatural virtue. We're not just called to be men. We're called to be saints. Um, so it was really, you know, embracing all that was good in kind of the traditional masculinity movement, but going beyond that into the realm of faith and supernatural virtue and embracing that high calling to uh really be Jesus Christ in the world today. Let him dwell in you so fully that you are like a second Christ in the world. Uh, you know, as St. Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ in me. That is the calling of all of us. Um, and so the Catholic gentleman is, yes, in one sense about recovering traditional masculine norms, but beyond that, it's about becoming a saint uh, and about achieving our high calling in Jesus Christ. So that's really how it got started, and it's just been uh, growing ever since. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I think uh, what many men need is a guide and uh, a few uh, points of reference. And you make uh, a great deal of, um, I want to say, um, bringing attention to the saints, as you said, you know, be a man, be a saint. And uh, you mentioned St. Maximilian Colby. And I know in your blog you've uh, tried to say to men, spend a few moments with this saint. Here's what I've learned from St. Maximilian Kolbe. Here's what I've learned from St. Joseph. And uh, I think what you really try to do is say, you know what, um, we're here to imitate Christ. And sometimes it's difficult to imitate Christ. So we'll kind of go 
to someone we might be able to relate to. And uh, so you present many of the saints that many men can relate to. So, and I know you've written um, about, uh, you've actually put together a book um, just simply entitled, Be Not Afraid. And you used a lot of the saints, uh, their writings, their um, um, rule of life, if that's the right the word, uh, to the men. So uh, let's uh, share with me, say two or three saints that um, you've been able to incorporate their example into your day-to-day -day life. Yes, absolutely. Well, I, I will say that Saint Maximilian Kolbe is is probably the chief of those. Just because what I love about him is the simplicity of his faith. It wasn't. He was a brilliant theologian. He was a philosopher. He was a scientist, even. And yet, all throughout his writings, there's just a childlike trust um, and and love that that radiates from him. And and it's. Uh, there's something about his writings that just touches my heart. And I um, also like the fact that uh, he was very much in the world. He was not in a cloister somewhere hidden from the world, but he was in the thick of World War II, uh, that era of dramatic cultural change, explosion of technology, but also powerful political forces at work, um, you know, good and evil clashing, just the drama of, the 20th century he was right there in the thick of it and he was in this kind of cataclysmic time that he lived in uh, a burning light uh, just a zeal for souls i'm going to use everything at our disposal forget the odds forget how impossible it seems i'm going to reach every soul on earth for god i'm not just going to dream big i'm going to dream massive impossible dreams because God is on my side. The Immaculate is on my side. Um, and I just love that holy audacity that he represented, but also that, that tender childlike love that he had for the Blessed Virgin Mary and um, the zeal that he had for bringing honor to her, bringing souls to her so that she could then bring them to the sacred heart of Jesus. So um, I, I just truly love St. Maximilian's zeal, his, his faithfulness even to death, uh, his generosity and love uh, for all, even the most wicked, you know, the, the Nazi guards that killed him. He showed love and mercy and forgiveness to them. Um, so just everything about that saint, I, I just love tremendously. But also another saint that isn't so well known. Um, I think he's going to be a lot more since he's slated to be canonized. But uh, Blessed Charles de Foucault um, was a was a French uh, priest. He's, he also was driven kind of by this burning zeal and love. Um, he became a Trappist uh, and it wasn't strict enough for him. So he, <laughs> he, went, he went all the way and he actually went to Nazareth and lived in the town where Jesus grew up. Uh, but eventually he ended up in the, in the middle of the desert uh, with a bunch of Bedouins that were Muslim. Uh, but he just gave his life totally and completely for them, was was literally Christ to them. And what I love about him was, was objectively, he was a complete failure. He wanted to start a religious order. He didn't get a single person to join him. He wanted to convert souls. He didn't convert a single Muslim to Christianity. Uh, and yet his writings are just filled with the most beautiful uh, love for his brothers and sisters is human you know these, these these humans souls that he was living with uh sharing their life just just a radical love for christ um wanting to live christ's life after him in the most literal possible way um and he ended up a martyr of course uh but he um he too lived in tumultuous times uh but was consumed by love for god and witnessed to that uh in, in hostile circumstances. Uh, and I love that about him. Um, and third, um, I would say, uh, well, Fulton Sheen, I think is, is really truly an inspiration because again, he lived through some of the most dramatic moments of the 20th century, um, you know, all the way through World War II, you know, Vietnam, uh, post-Vatican II, kind of the, some of the tumults in the church. Um, and through it all, he witnessed to the faithfulness and integrity 
uh, first of all, the Catholic faith, but also in his own person, his own personal integrity, his own holiness, converted probably ten, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of souls, um, you know, spread the Catholic faith. Um, and he made goodness attractive. He made the Catholic faith attractive. He didn't just make it this intellectual game uh, where let me just tell you how much I know. No, everything he talked about uh, was it was was coming from the heart. It was something that he had lived, he had experienced, and he had a marvelous way of making it simple and accessible. So even the most you know jaded uh, hippies or you know uh, cynical uh, people in the 1960s and uh, 70s and kind of the post-war era. Uh, were, were touched by his message and they were drawn to him in ways that they couldn't even fully explain. But, but um, you know, he, he experienced his own share of, of persecution in, in various ways, uh, but he was faithful through it all and, and bore witness to his own personal integrity. And he also used the media that was his disposal. I mean, look, we live in a new media age. You think about the saints that would have died. Uh, I mean, not literally, but, but would have, would have loved to have had, the technology at their disposal that we have. Um, and being a new media apostolate, you know, the Catholic gentleman is using all the most current means of communication. Um, I very much resonate with saints who uh, use media in an effective way. Um, and and uh, Fulton Sheen certainly did that. Um, and while he's not formally canonized yet, I look forward to the day when he will be, but he's certainly a saint in my mind. So, Yeah, I think we're both uh, praying and waiting for that day to happen. And uh, it will in God's perfect timing. Um, you know, I think of those saints that you mentioned, St. Maximilian Kolbe, of course, Venerable Sheen, uh, and they had this great zeal for proclaiming the gospel, but uh, putting it in... Uh, a way that people can relate to. It's um, they weren't uh, always up at this lofty, um, you know, intellectual uh, stream. They brought the message to uh, what the common person could relate to, and that was the beautiful thing about Fulton Sheen. Even though he had many degrees and uh, was an intellectual, uh, he somehow was able to um, present the message that the common person got it. And of course. 30 million people tuned into his television program every week. And uh, again, as you said earlier, uh, tens of thousands of people converted to the Catholic faith uh, through his, uh, his zeal, his witness. But, um, you know, I, one thing I uh, know about Fulton Sheen is that um, he was um, an ambassador for Christ and he dressed the part. He um, has taught me a great deal about, um, you know, when you go out, you're representing, you're representing Christ, you're representing uh, a lot of men. And um, it's those fine points of, um, uh, I know that whenever I give a presentation, the suit has to be crisp, everything's there because Fulton Sheen uh, made it very clear to his fellow priest, we have a responsibility to uh, be those ambassadors. And um, that's one thing I've uh, taken from him. And I know that you spend a great deal of time and energy um, trying to help men with that mindset of um, dressing the part. And maybe you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, well, and it's an we live in an interesting age because on the one hand, uh, people are all about informality. You know, we... Yeah. You, you go to the store and, and people, I've seen people shopping in their pajamas and fuzzy slippers. I mean, that's kind of the age we live in. Um, and, and, and unfortunately that communicates um, some degree of disrespect to others. You know, I'm not even going to exert the effort to get out of my pajamas to go to the store because you don't matter that much, I suppose. Um, but regardless of the motivations, um, I think it's important that we represent ourselves with dignity as ambassadors of Christ, um, that we show a level of care, um, not so much for ourselves, not to be dandies, not to be uh, fops, if you will, but to communicate to others that, that you're worth my time, you're worth my energy. Um, 
and I want to communicate that in my dress because dress is communication. Um, you know, and, and everything that we do is a form of communication, how we speak, how we comport ourselves. Um, and like I always like to say that manners um, are really just ritualized respect. It's ways of showing courtesy and honor and respect to others that have been codified uh, into standards and norms. Um, and that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing. Um we kind of are starting from scratch in our culture, unfortunately, but we can certainly draw from the past. And I think we should, because it's the, there's, there's beauty in some of these traditions. Like for example, holding a door for a woman has absolutely nothing to do with her own strength. Of course, a woman is strong enough to hold the door for herself. Um, it's more about showing honor and respect and dignity to her femininity than it is anything else. Um, letting the door slam in her face uh, is not honoring to uh, her feminine dignity. So we show respect and it's a small thing. Yes, but it communicates a lot. And so as Catholic men, we need to take these things seriously. Uh, we need to realize that nothing is too small. Uh, if there are ways that you can show respect to someone else, please do that. Um, let people go away from you feeling valued, respected, honored. There's a lot of people out there who are hungry for love, who are hungry to be respected. And unfortunately, our culture that a lot of times takes the form of angry screaming and shouting um, and demands and, you know, respect me, I demand it. <laughs> well, uh, as off-putting as that, that anger may be sometimes beneath that i think is truly a cry for love um, and our culture is starving to be treated with love and dignity i think of mother Teresa going through the gutters of india and drawing out poor lepers who are really going to die in the street and yes they may have died anyway in mother Teresa's care but they died loved, they died honored, they died respected, and they died with a smile on their face. Because for the first time in their life, they had been treated like somebody with value and with worth. And it changed everything. Even though maybe nothing externally changed, uh, they were still sick, they were still wounded, whatever. Um, everything changed for them because they were loved. And I think in our culture, we, we may not necessarily have as many people lying in the gutter, uh, literally, but spiritually, yes, yes. Uh, emotionally, yes, there are people that are wounded and hurting everywhere. And when someone shows them kindness, dignity, respect, love, even when they don't deserve it, this is not about deserving it. Maybe externally somebody is a rude, obnoxious person. You treat them with love and respect that they don't deserve, they don't know what to do with that. They don't, they, they're, they're bowled over. Uh, but, but as Catholic gentlemen, we're called to take the higher road. We're not called to treat people as they deserve. We're called to treat Peter people better than they deserve. That's what our Lord did. Uh, he went to the lowest, the rejects of society, uh, the people who are externally distasteful, uh, even disgusting, uh, and, you know, all of the, the Pharisees and, and all those who thought that they were more righteous turned their nose up at such people. Uh, but Christ went to those very people. He even rushed to those people. And he showed them their own dignity, maybe for the first time in their life. And it changed everything for them. So in a culture of disrespect, in a culture of degradation, of humiliation, of anger, of shouting, uh, really masking a lot of deep pain. We have an opportunity to change the narrative, to show people uh, love and honor that they may have never experienced in their entire life. So let's do that. And if it means putting a little effort, extra effort in your dress, then, then so be it. But look for ways to show that honor and respect to others.
Yes, I'll have to give an amen to that. And, you know, when you mentioned about Mother Teresa, um, you know, again, the term mother is so appropriate. Uh, she just mothered so many people. And uh, I think of with motherhood, there's also the complement of fatherhood. And um, I think this is something that in society, we've lost a sense of fatherhood. We've seen an abandonment by many fathers. Uh, but um, let's talk a little bit about the importance of fatherhood today. And I know that you've got a great deal to share on that topic. So Sam, um, continue to uh, coach us here. And uh, we need to hear these words because I think uh, the audience is looking for some answers to say, can you give me just a few uh, pointers of how I can kind of reclaim fatherhood, how I can um, put it back on the map so that there's a sense of hope that, uh, you know, there are still some fathers out there that are trying to make a difference, but uh, they have to embrace that concept of fatherhood and know that um, it is a vocation. It's a vocation. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's a tremendous vocation uh, because you have the great honor of imaging God himself, uh, God who calls himself father. Um, and so you have to realize that what you are to your children, that's how they will see God when they hear the word God is Father, our Father who art in heaven. They're going to think about you and how you treat them. Now, that's going to be their first instinctual response to hearing the words our Father. They're going to think of their Father on earth before they think of their father in heaven. They have no other reference point. Um, now, as they mature in faith, hopefully those images will be kind of purified of the human element. Uh, but still, um, for us men, we have a tremendous responsibility to be living icons of God the Father. Um, and, and tragically in our culture, the word father is often uh, uttered uh, with bitterness uh, and distaste, anger. Um, I remember hearing a popular song um, dedicated to the singer's mother. Uh, and he's, it's all about how wonderful his mother was. But he said, I've got no feelings for my father because the coward wasn't there. And I just think to myself how many people in our culture could say those tragic words. Um, so, but I don't, we could we could go on and on about the negatives and the decay of fatherhood in our culture. But what can we do as Catholic men who care? What can we do? Well, first of all, love the love their mother. Um, you have no idea how tremendously important it is for kids to see that their parents love each other and support one another. Um, that the two are one in the home, and that. Uh, Mother loves father, father loves mother. And father's laying down his life for, for mom in many, many small ways. He serves her. He cares about her needs. He cares about her interests. Uh, even, you know, even before you inter interact with your children, just, just knowing that you love one another provides a tremendous foundation of support. Uh, it sets the entire atmosphere for the home. Love their mother, care about her, let her interests be your interests. Uh, as St. Paul says, you know, no man ever hated his own flesh. Well, guess what? Your wife is your flesh, she is part of you. And the way you treat her is the way you treat yourself, and the way you treat each other sets the whole tone for the home. But second, uh, be present, not just physically, uh, a lot of fathers are absentee physically. But even when they're there, mentally, there, there are a lot of other places. And, and I get it. I'm a quite busy person <laughs> uh, myself. And it's very easy to be lost in my own thoughts, lost in my own responsibilities, my own tasks. But so many times kids, even they act out in negative ways. They get in trouble just so they can have their parents' attention. Uh, even if it's negative attention, they just want attention. They just want to know that they matter, that they, they, that they exist in your world. So pay attention to them. Play a game with them. Play ball with them. Take them somewhere if you have boys. Uh, but girls, too, they tremendously need 
their father's love. They need to know that their father thinks they're beautiful, that they're, you know, the apple of his eye or whatever. Girls need that. And if they don't get that, they're going to, they're going to pursue it in all the wrong places. Um, but boys too, they need a strong father figure. They need to know that dad loves them, that he's proud of them. Um, but they need, they need to interact with dad. They need to do uh, male things with their father. Um, and, but so spend time with them. Uh, don't underestimate how important that is. Um, and, and I understand that we don't always have unlimited time, but the time that you do have, uh, build them into it and it will make a tremendous difference. Um, third, but teach them the faith. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of statistics out there um, that I'm not going to quote because a lot of statistics are made up on the spot and I don't want to make things up on the spot. Um, but fathers who do not teach their family the faith or who do not practice the faith themselves, doesn't matter how devout, how hard the mom tries, the rate of success of passing on the faith to the, the next generation is very low if dad is not on board. So your participation in the faith, don't just go to mass and be a warm body in the pew. But be fully engaged. Be prayerful. Your kids are watching you. If you don't care, they won't care. They won't take it seriously. If you take it seriously, if you show love and reverence to God and you teach them to do the same, that's a lesson that's going to stay with them the rest of their life. Um, so teach your children the faith. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, PhD level theology courses, but but even beyond the 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 basics of the faith, it's it's all about the atmosphere you create in the home. Pray with your family, lead them in the rosary, uh, get on your knees. They they they're watching that. Wow, Dad's kneeling down. This must be serious, you know. Set that tone for the home. Pray regularly. Pray with your family. Pray with your wife. Pray with your kids. Uh, encourage them to turn uh, to God and the saints uh, and the Blessed Mother. Um, I think of my little daughter. She says, St. Anthony's a good finder. She's four years old. She's always losing things. She goes, she always prays to St. Anthony right away. And, you know, wonder of wonders, she always finds what she's looking for. So, uh, but but just that childlike faith um, that a father can inspire uh, in his children. Um, yes. So. Yeah. No, and I think what a father needs to do is show his children his loves, as you said, uh, love their mother. And uh, Fulton Sheen said so many times, uh, we need to um, make sure that we're choosing the higher loves, the higher loves of the Blessed Virgin Mary our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the saints, uh, we always seem to choose the lower loves and our children will see what we love. And so if we love God, they hopefully will love God. And, uh, but if we are so uh, preoccupied with sports and other things, uh, of course, they're going to imitate their father. So uh, seek the higher loves, seek the higher loves. All right, we're going to take a short break uh, here and come back to talk some more with Sam Guzman. And we're going to spend a bit of time on the book he wrote uh, a few years ago uh, entitled The Catholic Gentleman. So uh, please stay tuned here on Hungry for More on the Fiat Ministry Network. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Hey everyone, it's Anne DeSantis here to tell you about my new online TV show called Journeys in Faith. Thanks to Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Radio, I'll be interviewing some amazing guests who'll share with all of us their journeys in faith. It's going to be great, and I can't wait for you to be introduced to some truly good people who are working hard to bring deeper faith to others. It's all about relationship with God and living out our mission as intentional disciples. 
Join me on Fridays, Eastern Time for Journeys in Faith, 830 to 930. Subscribe at Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry on both Facebook and YouTube. I'll see you Friday and have a great week. God bless. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this edition of Hungry for More. I have in the house with me today, uh, Sam Guzman, uh, the founder of The Catholic Gentleman. And uh, Sam put together this book. Uh, I like to call it my field manual. It's called The Catholic Gentleman. And um, I tell you, living authentic manhood today, um, we, <laughs> we need this battle cry to encourage men to live authentic manhood today. And uh, this book uh, has uh, touched the hearts of tens of thousands of people. Um, it's one of my favorite books. I recommend this all the time to men in my, uh, I want to say my prayer group and the men at church. Um, because I think we need, uh, like you say, a field guide, a manual, uh, some suggestions about a rule of life. And Sam, before we um, took the break, you were mentioning about uh, a father leading his family in prayer and uh, being that holy example. But uh, we talked about the three spiritual offices of priest, prophet, and king. And you make mention of that in the book. And, um, uh, you know, maybe you can share a little bit more about that because I think that's something that when we hear about priest, prophet, and king, we go, not me. That's for somebody else. But uh, it is our baptismal calling. Yes, well, um, it really goes back to our baptism and our participation uh, and uh, the roles of Jesus Christ. We are immersed in the, the life of Christ when we're baptized. Um, and Christ is our high priest. He is um, a, the prophet and he is the king uh, of the universe. Um, but in, in smaller ways, we participate in that in those offices of Jesus Christ, especially as men um, in our homes, uh, we, uh, Christ is the head of the church. Well, the man is the head of the home. That's an unpopular thing to say these days, uh, but it's, it's a truth. Um, and that headship is not all about chest thumping and lording it over everyone else. It's a headship of responsibility. Uh, we're going to receive a judgment someday for how we led our families. Um, how we taught them, how we prayed for them, how we loved them. Um, did we sacrifice for them? Did we get up early when we needed to get up early? Uh, did we pray? Did we fast for our wife and children? Um, these are responsibilities um, that come with being a husband and father. So the prophet really is all about uh, teaching the truth. Christ came to reveal the truth of who God was and how we might know him. And his whole ministry was a revelation of the face of God um, on earth. So we, again, as I said earlier, we have the great dignity and honor of representing God the Father in a sense uh, to our family, but also being you know, Christ to our family in the sense that we're revealing what God is like, the character of God, the self-giving, sacrificial love of God uh, to our family. And we can announce the truth of the faith to our family and that it goes back to again teaching the family leading the family in word and example um, but also prophet i mean i'm sorry <laughs> priest um, a priest is one who makes sacrifices uh, for the salvation of others um, we have that responsibility as fathers we can pray we can sacrifice you know so many fathers their kids are going off the rails they're worried about them so they just yell at them or, or they you know, try to manipulate them in some way to get them to do what they want. Well, of course, at a human level, that's in a sense understandable. Uh, it's not ideal, um, but we're human. But we should, as Catholic men, seek a higher level. Don't cajole your kids. Don't manipulate, get guilt manipulate them. Don't yell at them. Everything that you would say to them, say to God instead, and you'll start to see results. Pray for them, fast for them, sacrifice for them. And for your wife too. Again, this go, you know, don't underestimate a husband's love for his wife. Your kids are watching. But more than that, a, a healthy a home starts with a you know a mother who knows that she's loved. That her husband would do anything for her, that he would lay down his life for her. Um, so pray and fast for your wife, and she'll be a better mom. 
she'll you know she'll she'll fulfill her motherly duties that much more effectively um so a priest sacrifice for the good of your children silently secretly maybe maybe they'll never even know about it this side of heaven uh, but get up in the middle of the night and pray for them if you must or early in the morning say rosaries for them you know skip skip a meal deny yourself a you know your favorite treat or a beer or whatever and offer it up for the good of your family for the salvation of their souls uh, and we don't know how powerful these little sacrifices can be um, they they can have eternal uh, benefit to them so take that seriously uh, and then finally king yes uh, the buck does stop with dad with the husband again this is an unpopular truth in, in today's world um, but it, it's nevertheless true um, husbands uh, do have the final say in the home uh, but far from being something that should make you giddy uh, yes i can now command my family dominate them no far from it uh, now you can serve them now you can be responsible for their eternal salvation uh, that should be something that fills you with fear. Um, you know, fear of God. I have to give an answer for the good of my family. And yes, it's true. Parents can do everything in their power and their kids can still go wrong. Uh, their wife can still leave or all many tragedies that come with human life. But the point is, what did you do? Did you do everything within your power to lead your family to heaven? You will give an answer for that. So yes, you have authority given to you by God. Use it wisely. Use it carefully. Use it for service. I love Jesus, the way he just completely turned the disciples' worldview upside down. He said, I am the Messiah. I am the king. So they're like, great, great. Now you can uh, kick out the Romans uh, and sit on your glorious throne and rule the nation. Uh, and Jesus said, uh, I'm going to take off my clothes here, wrap a towel around my waist. And I'm going to wash your feet. And they were just appalled by this. What, what are you doing? No, this is, for the, this is for the servants, not just the servants, the lowest servants. What do you think you're doing? doesn't make any sense. But what Jesus said, what I'm doing to you, I want you to do to each other. This is what true power is. This is what true uh, leadership is. This is what true authority is. It's service. So, yes, you may be the king of your home. Lay down your life for your family, serve your family in days big and small, and then you will be leading like Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, I love that chapter in your book, uh, The Catholic Gentleman, and uh, it's the chapter on priest, prophet, and king, because um, I'm actually giving a talk at the Immortal Combat Men's Conference on that topic of priest, prophet, and king. So uh, you helped me prepare for the talk well. And uh, speaking of the Immortal Combat Men's Conference, I know you're in the lineup too. You're giving a reflection uh, on the, uh, I want to call it the, uh, the five weapons for your spiritual arsenal and uh, you know it's all about the battle and we need weapons i know many of us always think of the rosary as a weapon saint padre pio uh, talked about that but uh, i tell you you've been appearing on many conferences um, giving reflections on various topics the eucharist our lady etc and uh, maybe you can share a little bit of your connection with the group smart catholics and um, give us a little bit of uh, insight into your relationship with them and uh, giving talks at uh, these digital conferences yes well uh, uh, dominic d'souza the founder of smart catholics he invited me to be a part of well, kind of i think it was may have been their inaugural conference um and it was really a pleasurable experience he does an amazing job uh, just making everything so simple for us speakers, um, giving us tools to um, spread the message that we have. Um, but it's one of the hidden blessings of this kind of whole COVID uh, pandemic that's uh, kind of disrupted everything in the world, it seems like. Um, and, you know, normally there's there's men's conferences all over uh, the country, all over the world. Uh, occurring on a regular basis uh, but they can often be expensive they often involve travel um, they may even require hotels it, it costs a lot of time and money um, 
so one of the hidden blessings is that we now move these conferences online. Now they're more affordable, sometimes even free. Um, and, and dozens of speakers can participate uh, without even getting on an airplane, without uh, booking a hotel or anything like that. Um, and so I think it's an incredible opportunity to encourage men, inspire men uh, to embrace their Catholic faith, to embrace their, their, their Catholic masculinity. Um, and, and I love it. I think we're going to see a lot more of these conferences happening all the time. Um, but I, I think there's so many benefits to it uh, that it's, it's, it's just, we're just getting started. Um, but, but I, I'm really enjoying the experience and um, I, I think Dominic's doing a wonderful job with smart Catholics. Uh, stay tuned to the smart Catholics website because this won't be the last conference that they put on. Um, and, and, but please, we hope to see you there. Uh, there's a great lineup of speakers, including, uh, Alan, uh, and myself and, and, uh, just some many, many amazing topics. Um, you will go away inspired, uh, and fired up to embrace your faith. So we do hope to see you there. It starts, uh, in about five days. So. Uh, check it out at smartcatholics.com. Yeah, uh, July 7th to 9th. And what I really enjoy about uh, the concept of this uh, digital conference is, is that those who sign up for the conference uh, will receive the close to 30 talks uh, and keep them. Um, it's not a one and done conference. It's not something that uh, if you uh, were out of town for one day, you miss eight of the talks, uh, you'll never see them again. No, uh, everything is delivered into your inbox. Um, you receive all 30 talks, um, you know, pick the talks you choose. I know when I entered the website and I saw the list of speakers, Father Calloway, Father Larry Richards, Father Dwight Longenecker, Deacon Harold Sivers, uh, Dan Burke. I mean, the lineup is fabulous. And naturally, I'm just signing up for that talk and that talk and that talk. And uh, I know that those talks I'll be able to watch and rewatch. And uh, I, it's, it's a take home. It's like we need good libraries. And I know behind you, you have lots of good books. And uh, behind me, I've got many racks of books um, that you can't even see. But uh, we've taken the time and effort to have good libraries uh, in our own homes. But we also need good digital libraries. And this is what men have to realize is that we need uh, uh, talks that we can go to uh, that speak to the issues that affect our lives. And uh, that's what uh, smart Catholics have done, especially with this Immortal Combat Men's Conference. Uh, they've put it all together and it's something we'll enjoy uh, long after the conference is over. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and and uh, it's digitally you can buy locate uh, even if you haven't reached that level of sanctity in the in the real world. So uh, it's a it's a great blessing of of technology that we can have access to so many different talks and hear so many different speakers uh, and everything they have to say. Yes. Now tell me a little bit. Uh, you know we've. Uh, of course, you just uh, type in the Catholic gentleman and up comes the blog, up comes the Facebook page. Um, tell us about your engagement. I mean, this is the sense of, uh, you know, you want to somehow give your voice to the world. And uh, tell me what you're writing about today. Tell me what's on your heart and what you feel that the world needs. And you're trying to respond to that call. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing with your blog your uh, YouTube channel and all the stuff that uh, you're trying to share with the world? Yes, well, I, I would say the primary thing on my heart right now is the fact that there's so much turmoil in the world. Um, I, was, I was looking at, back at the blog and some of the posts that I've written in the last maybe two years, three years, I don't know, so many posts trying to calm people down. It seems just like one crisis after another in the world today, whether that's politically, um, you know, bad news in the church, uh, with, you know, the more, you know, documents or scandals coming out that are, that are just discouraging people. Um, you know, there's just a crisis in the world one after another, but you know, these are, these are, these are symptoms of spiritual maladies. Uh, every, everything that we see in the world today 
is the result of inner turmoil. It starts in the heart. Um, and likewise, the alternative, peace, true peace. We all hunger for peace, right? That also starts in the heart. Uh, and the inner uh, world is the, the world where uh, everything that happens in the external world begins. So if we want peace in the world today, uh, I just want to keep calling people back. We must turn back to God. We must find God again. Um, or we will never have peace in the world. It doesn't matter what laws we pass, no matter you know how big you know the the law enforcement agencies are, no matter how big the National Guard, no matter how many weapons we stockpile personally or, or whatever. None of that's going to change anything. No matter how many statues we tear down, no matter how many protests we hold, none of that's none of that's going to change anything in the long run uh, until we experience true conversion on a personal level. Uh, repentance, that's what's needed. But that doesn't start with everyone out there. Wouldn't that be nice if just everyone else needed to repent and get their heart right first? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Uh, if we could just encourage everyone else to do it, you know, turn back to God. No, no, no. It starts with you and I. So if there's one message that I want to reinforce to people, it's it's find God again until he's real to you. Cry out to him. You know, turn back to Jesus Christ. He's waiting for you. He really is. And he, he, he will never turn you away. You know, a child asks for bread. His father's not going to give him a stone. God loves us. He wants to fulfill the desires of our hearts. He wants to give us the peace that passes all understanding. But he also has given us freedom. And we have a choice. And every day we're tempted uh, with the pleasures of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And these things can so easily distract us and, and deaden our souls, uh, turn our hearts to stone. But every day we have a choice, uh, and, and we can turn back to God at any moment. That's the beauty of life, is that no matter how many times you've failed, it's never too late. You think of uh, St. Dismas on the cross, uh, the good thief uh, in the gospel. He was being crucified for his sins. You know, you'd think if there was ever a moment that was too late, that would be it. And yet Christ said to him, you know, today you'll be with me in paradise. It's never too late to turn back to God. It's never too late to repent. But it starts with each one of us, and we cannot find peace in the world until we find peace in our hearts. And that can only come when we turn back to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, the book that, uh, again, we want everyone to get in your own personal library is The Catholic Gentleman. Um, one of my most favorite chapters that you uh, talk about is happiness and holiness. And I think, uh, you know, as we wind down our hour together, um, let's talk about that because that is the key to be happy, to be holy. And um, again, that's the message we need to share with the world. Yes, that's what I love about the saints. Uh, they're just such shining lights because, you know, the message of the world is, you know, the average American sees somewhere between four and 5,000 advertisements a day in different forms. So that's billboards, uh, you know, signs at the store, uh, ads on our phones, on the computer, TV. We're, we're constantly seeing thousands of messages every single day that says, just buy this and you'll be happy. You can't be happy without it, though, you know, and, and so uh, we can very easily succumb to that and think that happiness is found in this in this world, in this life, in the pleasures that the world has to offer. And so we think about something like holiness. Oh, it just it costs too much. It costs too much, you know, and, and, and I can't see heaven. You know, it's not like I can see these realities. So I'm just going to go with what I can see. I'm going to go with what's right in front of me. Uh, but time is short, eternity is long, uh, and it's a lie. These things will never satisfy us. As soon as we get one, there'll be a new one uh, in front of our, dangling in front of our eyes, drawing our attention, creating that dissatisfaction. Uh, and, and so we will never be content as long as we are pursuing the happiness that this world promises. The happiness 
that's true happiness that lasts forever uh, is the happiness of holiness, where we we surrender the things of this world in order for a higher good. Things of this life may, in some sense, even be good. It's not a bad thing to you know have a decent car or some nice pair of clothes or whatever. It's not wrong, but there's just so much smaller goods uh, than what God has to offer. Uh, because ultimately, all any finite good ultimately points to the ultimate good, which is God. So why stop with these 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 pitiful goods that the world has to offer when God is waiting for us? Let's pursue Him, and then we'll find what our hearts really long for. But you look at the lives of the saints. You know, a lot of times they're poverty, suffering. You know, by the world standards, they should have been miserable. They were the happiest people on earth ecstatic even you know they were just filled with joy joy just streamed from their face from their whole being they were just they were happy uh, because they had moved beyond you know the, the small trifles that this world has to offer to the ultimate ocean of goodness that is god so we should learn from them we should do the same and realize that nothing in this world can satisfy us saint augustine said you know our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O oh God. You know, that's the lesson that we have to learn. So we need to detox from those thousands of messages that we hear every day. Just shut them off. You know, just ignore them. They're, they're lies uh, that seek to distract us. So let's let's set aside uh, these, these false promises of the world that only lead to misery and discontent. And let's choose the one good that will last forever, and that's God himself. Um, and ultimately, that means pursuing holiness. Maybe that means denying yourself temporal goods. Um, but even when you deny yourself and carry your cross on this earth, uh, it will lead to uh, resurrection. Resurrection will follow that. The glory will follow that. Uh, and a happiness beyond anything this world can offer. Uh, so... It's worth it. No, no matter how great the sacrifices, no matter how great the suffering, uh, it will be worth it. Amen. Amen. And uh, we'll end on that note, of course, um, that uh, encouragement to be happy, be holy, and uh, imitate the saints. And uh, speaking of imitating the saints, we usually end our broadcast with a prayer to uh, invoking the intercession of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, uh, asking for a spiritual favor. And of course, we'll ask for a blessing upon the Immortal Combat Men's Conference. And of course, uh, the success of your apostolic work at the Catholic Gentleman, Sam. So uh, please uh, join us in prayer as we pray to Fulton Sheen uh, for uh, his powerful intercession to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to answer our prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Eternal Father, you alone grant us every blessing in heaven and on earth. To the redemptive mission of your divine Son, Jesus Christ, and by the working of the Holy Spirit, if it be according to your will, glorify your servant, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, by granting the favor we now request through his prayerful intercession. And here we pray for the success of the Immortal Combat Men's Conference and God's blessing upon the Catholic Gentleman Apostolate. And we make this prayer confidently through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sam Guzman, uh, thank you for joining us on Hungry for More. And uh, we'll put all the links to your websites and your, um, your works. And um, again, thank you for uh, spending a little bit of time with us, uh, showing us the way how to become good and holy Catholic gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. So everyone, we hope to see you again next time on another edition of Hungry for More. Uh, we have a special program tomorrow evening, which is Thursday evening at 8.30, where we'll have Father Don Calloway uh, join us as we talk about St. Joseph, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and uh, so much more. So uh, please join us tomorrow on Hungry for More. And so until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. God love you.